I think people are so scared of tears. They're afraid that they're going to make you cry or they're going to remind you of sadness. And especially in those first weeks and months, it's like, you did not remind me that I'm sad. You let me know that you remembered. And so I thought that was nice when people would come and, and say something because it was acknowledging that, that they remembered me, that they saw me, that they saw my grief. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of Bale's Now You Know podcast. Um, as everybody knows who's, who's uh, continued to download our, our show, um, we're all about local inspiration um, through local stories, and I'll, I'm super excited. This is one that I think uh, will resonate with everybody um, because of the impact that this family has had um, as of recent years and then even prior to that. Um, it seems like it's something that continues to keep ebbing and flowing, in, at least in our, our Utah community, is, is their influence for positive. Uh, welcome to, we'd like to welcome to the show, Reno and Sunny Mahe. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for thank, having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so I think, um, I want to, again, every, I feel like most people know who you guys are, like, and I, even even coming here, right? So we, we record in Lehigh at the Kiln Building. Shout out to Kiln. Um, but um, you guys, when when I say that you guys have influence, it's like a literal kind of public influence that you guys have. And it seems like like uh, as a side story, you guys showed up. Uh, I went down at the t uh, time that you guys were going to come. Already got stopped by one person. I was like, okay, whatever. And then we walk up the stairs and get stopped by another person. I was like, and uh, I for I like to pretend in moments like that that uh, they're stopping for me also. <laughs> Those, uh, that's uh, I didn't you mean think about? <laughs> I feel the same way. If it makes you feel any better, it's not me either. It's for this guy. <laughs> so, whatever. It's uh, it, we're we're super happy to have you guys. Um, Standout athletes, both at, at Brigham Young University. Uh, Reno, you went on to play uh, football in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, as a child, even got to come out one time and, and visit. Uh, so it's cool to reconnect all these years later. Um, but uh, but both of you guys are not originally from here. And I know that you guys have talked about this. And so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But I think it's an important part of your guys' story, where you guys come from. So tell us a little bit about where you come from, whoever wants to go first. So um, I think mine's, uh, or mine, I'll, I'll, I'll begin by saying we were both born in California. So she was Northern California, I was Southern Cal California, Walnut Creek, and I was uh, Inglewood. And so I moved here in uh, 92, and she moved to Texas around two or three years old. And then she, she was um, raised in Texas, uh, Dallas, Plano area, and then um, I obviously moved here, West Valley, a uh, few years, and then uh, Conwood Heights, and then from there, I ended up at BYU in 98, she ended up there in 99, and that's where we met. Right on, and in Texas, and you, how, how many, what about your guys' family size, how, how, how big was your, each of your families? So I've got... Um, a little brother, two sisters, and a bunch of adopted older brothers nice. <laughs> that are my, bro you know, first cousins, oh, but, course. you know, I grew up as them being my older brothers. Yeah. And so, and uh, she's... And I have an older sister and two younger brothers. Right on. Now, like, um, it's, uh, it's, it, part of your guys' stories is, uh, 
obviously, as we mentioned, like um, uh, athletics was a big part of your guys' career. And I even want to talk about how maybe that bleeds down to your guys' family later on. But um, was that something early on that was pretty quick? Like, did you guys uh, know early that... Uh, and if you did, how early did you know that athletics was something that you were going to pursue? Um, and even professionally, where, when did it click to where you're like, man, I'm actually kind of better than most of these kids. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it broke down in your brain, but like, um, when, when did that happen for you? So my dad was my volleyball coach growing up. And so it wasn't necessarily a choice. <laughs> that was, uh, I was voluntold <laughs> playing volleyball. And so, um. I think he always kind of knew that that was going to be my avenue to college. Um, he didn't really know much about how to fill out an application or how to, you know, do those kind of things. And so he knew how to coach. He knew how to teach me how to play volleyball. And so he was always pretty adamant that um, that this was going to pay for my schooling. And so I needed to do these things. And so that was never even a question for me that I was going to play. It was just, this is what you're going to do. Right. <laughs> for me, it, it it wasn't until later in life that I started to get some of the pieces and kind of put the pieces together. But um, growing up, uh, the way we grew up, you know, I remember going to six elementary schools, four junior highs. So you didn't really have kind of a, oh, what do you call it? Your typical, you know, where you grow up with the friends and you play in the same sports teams. Right. And like, you know, we bounced around. Um, throughout Southern California, and then we moved to Utah. Uh, played a couple years at Kearns, and then went up to Brighton. But it it was something that I know my dad invested in. Um, he invested in making sure he took me to camps. He and it was years later that you you know you heard you, you heard stories about how he was. Um, criticized by the family for doing that by spending all that kind of money taking you to these expensive camps and um then you start to realize how much faith he had that you know he was trying to give you the best chance yeah you know and he didn't get it he didn't know the recruiting he didn't know none of that but i remember going to like the USC football camp while i was living here i mean it was one thing if i went to it while i was in you know LA and yeah. But no, he, you know, got a bunch of us and we went out there and stayed at my uncle's house and went to the USC camp, you know. And so wow. um, when I think of things like that and, and the um, the sacrifice he made, I think he saw something that I, I would, you know, I never thought about. But he, you know, he saw that football was something that he believed could change kind of that path for our family. That's cool. What about um? Because I think you mean everyone loves playing sports, but to 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 get to the collegiate level, which both of you achieved, like uh, it's um, it takes like a certain you, you can't just be playground good, right? You gotta it's one of those things that you get, and everyone's good, second string, third string, everyone can play, um, and it takes like a certain level of like competitiveness. Are you guys competitive with each other, or? <laughs> <laughs> He's very competitive. I'm by nature not super competitive, just I'm not really a competitive person, but I can turn it on, like, for sports. My problem is I can't turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, 
I have an issue with that. I have an issue with being competitive and in every aspect of it. I mean, it's like a checkers game at a family reunion or something like it just uh, any family board game turns into everyone against him. They don't care <laughs> who wins as long as it's not. Him. Do you enjoy that, though? Do you enjoy everyone turning on you and and uh... no, I don't because <laughs> then I end up losing. But during it, I, you know, you just kind of lose track of how you man, you just like you done messed up because not everyone's going against you. Yeah. But during it, I'm just like. Dude, you're an idiot for making that move right there because you just messed it up for me. That's so funny. Like, but had you did it for yourself, you know, <laughs> if everyone was as competitive as me, the game would be, you know what I mean? Like, all right, everyone's trying to win. But nah, they're just all happy to play games. Like, <laughs> whatever, dude. Like, I'm trying to win. That's like, funny. <laughs> That's funny. What so, about... um? I've always wondered this, and you two are kind of a, a unique situation because you both are powerhouse athletes. What about uh, your the next generation, your kids? You mean because I feel like even just social pressures of whether it's spoken or not, right? There's people like, oh dang, that's uh, Reno and Sonny's kids. They're they're destined to be great. Is that is there that pressure put on by you guys, or do you pay attention to it, or is it? Just we're gonna do us, I, or so I think. Just you nailed it right at the end. We're gonna do us, and so us was we don't care about sports. <laughs> like <laughs> there was so much sacrifice and time and energy that went into our careers that um, I think there was also a lot of, like I said, the sacrifice that we missed out on a lot of things that we would have loved for our kids to be able to do, and so. It was always their choice, but we don't have a whole lot of athletes in our house. <laughs> like we have, I think we have athletes. Three or four. We don't have a whole lot of. Um, what? How would I describe the? We don't care for them to be athletes. Yeah, it's not so something the, we ever wanted to push them to do. If they want to play, it's like great, we'll sign you up. But I'm yeah. not going to convince you to go. You know, I'm not going to be crying, that, it's you like, don't want to go to practice. I'm not going to be that mom that's going to be like, no, you're going to go. It's like, mm, all right, well, but I guess you, we're not doing that. Yeah, even that, it's like, hey, I want to play basketball this this year. I was like, all right. And if they don't tell us again, it's not me to tell you. Like, you, you need to make sure, like, sign me up. So a lot of the things they've played, any of them, it's some neighbor that's come over like, hey, we don't have enough kids. Your kid want to play? We... All right, like, you know, we have great neighbors that have, you know, they'll come and grab the kids because we have so many at the house that, um, so that's when the kids are playing. Like, outside of that, I, I think for us, we just saw that there are, there's so many benefits to it, but it's a sacrifice, you know, and, and we're very conscious about the whole, um, we wanted to make sure our kids went to um, mutual. You know, yeah. like we, there was a lot of sacrifice to that. Like, and so, you know, our kids, there was one summer, it was um, singing camp, chess camp. There was like three, like a couple of kids were at singing camp. Three kids were at chess camp. That's awesome. <laughs> and man. so it was just the, it was funny for us to sit back that day and we looked and we're like, we have two at a singing camp and three at chess camp. 
and the other, I mean, we'd have more there, but they, you know, they're not old enough to go to. Yeah. And so that, you know, it's not that we don't, our kids aren't playing. We have kids that are playing. Yeah. Um, we just, that's not the first choice or maybe even the second choice. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, um, can I, do you mind asking, asking why, like that was kind of a big deal to like, Hey, let's just let the kids decide on themselves. Well, work. it wasn't just let them decide. Um, for us, we decided. We we saw the dynamics of our you know our kids and our our, our family, and we just wanted to have that time because I feel like sports it is a big sacrifice and there's some rewards to it, tons of reward. But we wanted our time. We wanted to have our family trips. We didn't want to be like, well, now we can't go anywhere on this break because because the sacrifice that kids make, that's on us too. Because mm-hmm. then it's like. They gotta come home to us. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You got practice. We're going on a trip. Where for us, it was like it was more important for us to have that family time. And it's a sacrifice for the whole family because I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. You know, club volleyball is very expensive, and so it's like, well, who doesn't get to play? Yeah. <laughs> who gets to just has to go and watch and not play because those kind of things they take a lot of money. And so when you have a big family, it makes it a little easier to down the activities because it's like well you kind of have to be fair to everybody you yeah. can't just push one and say sorry this is going to be our kid that we're going <laughs> right. to let do all these things and yeah. none of you get to do anything so that's awesome I'm thinking I, I'm, I uh, while I have you guys here like I have like a lot of these like dumb like kind of like lighter questions that I want to just take advantage of having both of you guys here so if you put like your athlete cap on um, what do, what's what's your opinion on? And I know that this is kind of stepping out of kind of your your guys's timeline, but we'll we'll come back to it. But what's your opinion? And, and I feel like it's kind of a good segue, even what you guys brought up in uh, in how you guys are bringing up your family, which I think is a great example for. I mean, if you're kind of confused about that as a listener, that's a great model to follow. But um, uh, talent versus working hard as an athlete, maybe from a coach's perspective. Um, what is uh, is it is it that some people just got it, and uh, and again, this is more kind of just speaking to to sports and athletes, but just anything, right? Even for singers that just kind of like, because and and I ask this, and it's loaded on my end, right? Because I my I feel like my opinion has changed over the years, but um, but it, is it is it a thing where some kids just got it and it's just um, that's just the way it is. And, and, uh, to even give kind of a side story, like I, I just told this to you guys, so you guys are going to hear it a second time. But my, my dad knew Reno growing up, uh, in, in church and stuff. And he, t- he always told us a story when we would see Reno on TV playing, uh, football and stuff. And, and he was like, oh, Reno was just one of those kids that you knew was going to make it as a deacon. He came into our basketball church tournament, which is, you know, I mean, 12 years old. And, uh, and he was making the 16, 18 year olds, look silly and he was playing up like uh you mean five-year difference and just showing up and so like uh secretly i i always felt like i was like reno should have that was the son that my dad wanted and <laughs> instead instead he got me and my brothers <laughs> and so like it's like uh sorry dad we're we're right at our age group dude <laughs> not playing the ball we're, we're just right there dude like but um and so I, I envied, I envy kids that just seem to like, 
just have it. Um, but like, what, what's your opinion on that from a, a coach or a parent or mentoring perspective, whether it be at sports or, or anything else, uh, talent versus working hard and what's important and what to focus on? I, I guess, um, the, I, at the end of the day, you, you would just have to control what you can control. And everyone has the ability to work hard. And now as far as like um, professional sports or college sports or whatnot, working hard will just take you as far. Um, but then at the end of the day, you're going to have to need talent. <laughs> like, um, but you can control working hard. You can't control what God has blessed you with. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. Uh, she's six two. I'm five nine. Right. I can't control that. I can't control walking down the road and putting my arms around her neck because it's just not comfortable. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but as far as working hard, um, being coachable, being a good person, being you know being a good teammate regardless of your talent is something you can control. But as far as, um, you know, talent goes and things that you can't, you know, you, that's out of your control. That, that's, uh, that's something I think sometimes people think that mindset of, well, I work just as hard as that guy. How, why did it's like, that's nice, but <laughs> yeah. that guy is seven feet and yeah. you're, Five one, like doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You yeah. know what I mean. Um, but if there's anything, if and I hope I'm I'm answering your question correctly. But to me, it's we can all work hard. Yeah, everyone can work hard, and and your attitude towards your hard work means just as much. Yeah. But as far as talent goes, you know, we all have different talents. Yeah. And your talent might not be in sports. Yeah. <laughs> your, your talent, you know, um, your talent could be a great listener, right? Like, so it's, it's just a matter of um, understanding what your gifts are, but everyone should work hard, definitely. And I think along with understanding what your gifts are, valuing what your gifts are, which I think that, you know, with sports, it's very easy to see, mm -hmm. you know, that oh, she's great at volleyball, oh, she's great at whatever it is. There's lots of those kind of skills that are visible, but it's the invisible ones that are equally valuable, but yeah. people maybe don't put as much stock into those ones. Yeah, I think that's an important part, the uh, important point to make. We had uh, Steve Fifita, do you know Steve? Yeah. So he came on and, um, and he was telling us like how sports was something that he was talented at, um, and he kind of decided he was going to be this uh, football player, kind of stereotypical Tongan guy. And then he said, but it's now later on where he can kind of talk about like his passion for writing. Right. And it, he says that that's something that he always kind of just kept, you know, I mean, on the back burner, didn't want anybody to know. But he's he's actually a really talented writer. He's writing a book. And and, uh, and so I think that's important. I, I love that about value because, man, when we were watching Reno on TV growing up off. Me and my brothers were like, dang, dude, we just can't move like that, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, I think uh, I think that's awesome. Maybe one more one more on this, and then we can kind of come back to your guys' story. But like, um, 
what how, how important is coaching because Reno you mentioned being coachable like how important is this idea of being coaching because I felt like as a young kid I would look at like you know what I mean athletes that I idolized and and for whatever reason I didn't even know this but anyways I'm not even gonna get into that but like <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm just like at some point those athletes are better than the coaches probably ever were some in some cases and uh, and I'm like man, what do, like, you know what I mean? And this is kind of a new idea that's been stirring in my mind maybe within the past year or so, like about coaching and the value of coaching and what the coach's job is and how effective is it, right? Kind of just that whole idea of, like, if I have a kid who's coming to play for me and he was better than I ever was, like, what do I have to bring to the table? What are your thoughts on being coachable and even at a high level still having a coach and being moldable? How is that possible? I, you know, I played at very high levels. I, I was um, training for the Olympics. And so I think that even when there are coaches that maybe, um, maybe you are better than whatever they achieved, they still know more than you do most of the time, or they can see things that you don't see. And so I think there's something to be gleaned from everyone. And so I think that's kind of something that can be applied across your life, that right. it doesn't have to be athletics, that... Um, there's people that know things that you don't know just because of their experiences. And so it's important, I think, to be able to be coachable, to be able to see those kind of perspectives, just to be able to learn and grow as a person. Right on. Any, any input? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I think the biggest thing, and my wife was, um, my wife helped me with that in, in the different times I've coached, whether Little League, high school, or even at BYU, um, for coaches as they're coaching these kids, one thing is to that the kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. I don't know who the saying came from, but regardless of that, for the kids, I think it was easier for us, or I say us as Tongans, because culturally, I feel like we were coached our whole lives and, our, and, and we have that ability to, um, our respect for elders, to <laughs> listen to, I mean, when they tell you to do something, you, right. you do it. You know, there's no, like, you don't start thinking about, oh, I know more than this coach. I know. It's like, we are taught to, um, these are your elders. They are, I mean... You, your cousin could be a day older, but they're older. Yeah. And so, so we have this, um, this culture that teaches us that from the get go. So I feel like for us players, for, for at least Polynesians and specifically Tongans as a Tongan that, um, I've never had that issue with my coaches because of what I was taught growing up and how I looked at a coach and, you know, how I took it. And quite frankly, some of my best coaches that I, I always, you know, I wanted to get their approval was the hardest. When they were the hardest on me, I was like, all right, he's going to like me the most when I'm done. Yeah. Like <laughs> competitiveness. Like, I took it as a challenge. <laughs> no, so. that's awesome. I think, uh, I, I, I'm glad you guys shared those perspectives. It's funny because like, and, and it kind of ties into what you both had mentioned. Like I, 
I used to value just like, like, uh, you know what I mean? I wanted to be like, not me, but like, I always thought it was so cool to be the kid that felt like he never tried and he just was awesome. And, and then as an adult, I've, I've learned to appreciate the people that just grind and, and work hard. And, and so, um, I think your guys' opinion is on, on that is, is super valuable. Um, now going back to your guys' story, um, to, how, I don't, I don't, I don't know this, but how did, how did you guys uh, meet? What's the, uh, what's the story behind how you guys met? I'll let her tell. So it was my freshman year at BYU, and I was from Texas, so I didn't know anything about really anything about Utah. And so um, the first time I met him was on my 18th birthday, and I was driving home with my sister, and we saw him and a friend on the side of the road walking home, and so we picked him up in our old beater Ford Tempo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we dropped him off to his dad's auto shop. And at the time, I don't speak Tongan, and so at the time, I guess his dad was telling him to take me out. He told his dad, <laughs> no, thank you, she's too tall. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we would just run into each other here and there. Provo's not real big. Yeah. Polynesian community is even smaller, but... Yeah, we got it. We got we started dating in 2000, and we got married in 2001. All right, on. And today, how many kids now? Five boys, four girls. Great. So that's a big family, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big family. You guys, you guys still are young, man, too. So it's like, <laughs> nah, we're, we're she's actually turning 40 next week. Hey, so man. we'll both be 40 when the 40 40 club <laughs> <laughs> when uh when and um on social media like you guys you guys often post about your guys family you guys have one of those families that people are like damn that just seems like a cool family to be in you know? like, <laughs> but um but when wh what do you think uh has helped you maybe in your guys's athletic careers because now that's done the chapter of playing sports is done and and now you can mentor or whatever in other ways and still be involved in sports. But um, in what ways has your guys' athletic careers impacted you as parents? Hmm. Question. I don't know if I've ever got that one before. I don't think I have either. That was a good question. Good question. <laughs> How has our athletic career impacted? If, if at all. Our parenting. I think it has. Absolutely. And I yeah. think there's things that. I don't know if our kids would consider them great. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's made me far less compassionate for little injuries. Like, <laughs> like when they fall or something, you're fine, get up. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. And that, there might also be a little bit of Polynesian love. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be telling my wife, I'm like, man, I'm a little light hitter. I'm like, just hurry up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if there's anything, again, a lot of it just, it's also culturally too, though, but just um, perseverance, you know, like just all the different challenges, all the wins and losses in life and that you're, you're used to it. You're used to the the up and downs of... And you're not going to win every game. You're not going to have yeah, a good day every day. So you always have people like, Man, why are you guys always so happy? And it's like, uh, 
but I think that goes back to just um, beliefs we, you know, beliefs we have, and yeah. and that we're just grateful. And, and then I think in sports, you, you're always, you know, you're always grateful for the next game. You're always grateful for another opportunity. And and there was just a lot that um, there was a lot of life lessons in sports. And I think uh, one of the biggest life lessons that I, you know, just um, impression I got was no matter what, in, in especially in football, no matter what it was in football, when you got on that football field, it didn't matter um, where that other person was from. It didn't matter how much money that other person was. It didn't matter what color he was. Like, we both have the same pads. We have cleats. We have a hundred yards, and um, in those, you know, in the gridiron, that it was just the will, like my will versus your will. Or I think the transition for me is um, don't matter. You know, I don't care what color you are. Mm. I don't care how much money you have. Like we're in this field, you know, the game of life now. And, you know, some might have nicer jerseys, but we all have jerseys. Some might have nicer shoes or cars, you know, but still get around. Like it, all that for me, that transition and, and just like a football game, um, my fans are my my parents, my wife, my siblings. You know, they're, they're the ones cheering for me. That's awesome. In, in this game of life. So. That's a beautiful analogy, man. For coming in for the that was uh, that was pretty incredible, man. I love that because well, and I think that's really like you said. That's a life lesson to learn that, man. When you strip back all the money, all the accolades, all the whatever, man. We're all humans, and and kind of going back to even what you guys had mentioned earlier, um, like uh, everyone has the same twenty four hours. We all we all have the ability to work hard. And I think that's so important because um, I, 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 I connected with that analogy, man. Just like <laughs> to be able to be like, man, it doesn't matter how like it's you versus me and, and, and uh, whoever's best prepared will, will come out on top. I think, or at least that's how I took it, man. That was a, oh, I, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that was just, again, um, it was funny because I just had this conversation with my older brother at breakfast yesterday that there are just, there are a lot of different things, a lot of different challenges in this life, a lot of, but the thing we got when we left breakfast was, if you'll just be grateful for where you're at, whether it's hard or things are good and yeah. easy, either way, you can still be grateful. Because yeah. even the hard times, you know, we had the hard times, um, continue to have hard times, you know, we're grateful for the lessons we learned from those. Yeah. Where if you have that mentality of, again, just like in sports, um, a loss, there's so much to learn. There is more to learn from a loss than there is a win. And so um, those loss can be equated to challenges that you face in this life. And we all have it. You know, everyone looks at other people and just think, man, they really, you know, things are just awesome, I bet. Having no idea how good they have it. Yeah. You know, and so for me, that's just... Those are the lessons I think, you know, just, I, I remember, uh, this is also a silly impression. We just win a big game, Monday night football. And, um, 
you know, we're, we're playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I remember all happy coming off, running off the field. And this Eagle fan, you know, look at me, hey, Reno, you know, totally drunk. You're only on the team because you're Mormon. <laughs> like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> we just won the game. <laughs> Like, and I contributed. I may not have that much, but I did. <laughs> and it's like, what the heck? But regardless of that, right? Like, yeah, that sucked. But hey, Monday, that check was awesome. <laughs> I was grateful. <laughs> no, well, that's funny. That story, when you tell that story, it reminds me of something that I think both of you guys um, kind of like. Uh, it, it seems to bleed through if whether you guys are following your guys' uh, social media or whether you know you guys. But you guys seem to be really, and I think one of you guys mentioned it earlier, really positive. And I think that's kind of a general consensus between uh, or across the board for, for everyone that uh, encounters you, be it you mean virtually on social media or if they know you. You guys are really positive. And I think even hearing that story and kind of your positive spin <laughs> there at the end, uh, how... Is I I I think that's a, a genuine thing. Like I think when someone's genuinely positive, it's something that can't be like faked or you mean uh, synthetically made, right? Like it's a something that humans can feel. And so when I see you guys, I get that vibe from you. I'm like, man, they're genuinely positive people. And and um, how do you guys how do you guys stay so positive? What's what's the secret? What's the secret sauce? Um, to, to being that positive and always take because and I feel like especially Reno I, I, I you told a couple stories on uh, shout out to Langi Hola's uh, Power of Perception podcast they were really funny stories um, but I felt like someone else could have told those same stories when and like had kind of maybe like a hater type of view but it seems like you always you guys are always smiling and laughing and and I, I want to know what the what's in your guys's water so that we all can participate <laughs> in being uh, happy people. I think one of it is speaking of water. Like people, I had someone call once and be like, "Hey, you know, you and your wife, you, you're you guys are like, I like asking you about certain things because you're like the the cup is half full kind of people." And I was like, "Ah, uh, well, not not really. It's it's not really." half full for us man we're just happy we get a cup <laughs> like <laughs> and so regardless of what's in the cup because we be, we believe in free refills <laughs> and so you know I, one for, of my dad's quotes that we like kind of adopted that. as like a family motto is i came with nothing and i've still got most of it <laughs> and so i think that having that kind of as the background anything that you get is only a game and so when you came from nothing which we kind of both you know we came from from struggle and so anything that I have is like so much more than I ever thought I would get and yeah. so it yeah you kind of tend to feel happier about things like that when you don't expect much from life I yeah. think that um, you know I don't think we feel entitled to much it's you know anything that we get is a blessing I could go an hour off of what you guys just said. <laughs> like, I'm a thorough believer of, of what you guys just mentioned. And, and I, 
And, and, and not to side bust my little commentary onto your guys' comment because I feel like I can't top that. But <laughs> maybe to add would be, um, I think your guys' gratitude, like gratitude or remembering, uh, you mean where you came from, you mean remembering that we started off with nothing. I think that's so important. I think when people start thinking like that entitlement is the perfect word, right? Like, Well, I mean, think about this. Like even for this country, right? For Polynesian people, for my parents, like they came what five thousand miles across ocean, doesn't speak the language. Right. For what? Right? And so for me it's like just thinking that they did that for me, they did that for a better opportunity for their posterity, like who am I to complain about? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I could lay in bed and never have to get out because they'll just deliver everything to my door. <laughs> I mean, from what they came from to where we're at now, like, there's just so much. And, and people always ask me all the time, like, hey, how you doing? I, my wife still likes me, so I'm good. <laughs> so, I don't care if my kids don't like me. As long as my, my wife likes me, man, I'm good, man. That's cool, man. Well, I think, like, when, when, when you frame it like that, right, like, when you frame it like, Man, I, I'm here because of people wanting a better future for me. People that you know, didn't even know me, right? Like your parents or grandparents or whoever. They didn't even know you really at the time. But for for their future family or whatever, I, I woke up and I was born in Provo, Utah, right? Like, and it's just... But I think it's, it's important that you frame it like that because when, when you do, it's, it's almost like an obligation or responsibility now on my part to to a sacrifice that I never had to make just because they wanted to do it and they probably wouldn't even see the fruits of it you mean as they envisioned and and I get to and instead of you mean running around in slippers and you mean in the islands or whatever I, and I think the one thing that um I, I should mention is that outside of their sacrifice um the thing they've instilled into us as far as just being God-fearing people. Mm -hmm. And so then when you know that, when you believe in that, all these challenges, um, whether losing a child, um, bills, difficulties, um, whatever issues that this life throws at you, when you have that type of foundation and understanding, um, it's kind of a cheat sheet, right? Like you already know the end. So if you already know the end and you know what it takes to get to that end and all they're asking you to do is to do it with, um, you know, being cheerful and, and being an example of, of what you've been blessed with, then it's hard to just be negative. Like it's hard. Like yeah. just. Well, and even what you were saying about um, all of the different trials that you mentioned, they come from increase. You know, so even the very basis of that, like losing a child, it came because I had a child, you know, and and so for all of that, I feel like if you remember the blessings, then you're able to get through the trials. That, uh, first of all, that was beautiful. Um, and second, um, I've, I've thought a little bit about this and, and kind of like when you think about... Um, like uh, our, our, our parents or, or you mean those who came before us that made the sacrifice to come here and we are a product of their sacrifice. Um, and now, 
uh, my kids, right? Like have it even a step further than I did. Um, I, I, I struggled as a parent and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. Like if, if remembering, like I, I happened, I happened to remember when my family was less fortunate, right? Like, and that's just, um, and I think you've mentioned this on, on another podcast, Reno, that remembering kind of those hard times ends up being a benefit later on in life. You know what I mean? And while you envied other kids that had more or more than you or whatever, it actually plays to your favor later on. Um, and, and so, and I've, I've accepted that and I'm grateful for, you know what I mean, those times where uh, my family was less fortunate than, than we happen to be today. But then when I think about my kids, my kids will never even know that struggle. But my question is then how do I as a parent or how do you still teach that same principle without being in the same circumstance? Is that like, is like if your, your kids will never grow up in, they weren't growing up in Crenshaw with the rat running around at a sleepover with your cousins. Um, uh, I, I think for me, um, and I remember we had this conversation back in Jersey once when we saw those snobby kids, like their 16th party that they were showing on MTV, that just having the perspective that regardless of what other people have, they have their struggles. You know, they're going through their struggles. And, and just like our kids now, regardless of what we went through and how we grew up, um, our kids, yeah, it might not have, they, there might have been struggle, but this world is different. And these kids are going through their own struggles. And, and I don't think we could have handled the struggles they go through. And so that's why we came when we did, and they came when they did. And so, you know, we didn't have to deal with the phones and the internet and the, you know, I grew up, yeah, you know, there's times where you're sucking on sweet and sour, you know, sauce yeah. from the McDonald's. <laughs> but, man, I grew up with my family 24-7, and it was an amazing childhood. You know what I mean? It was awesome. All the get-togethers because we all lived by each other. Well, my kids don't got that. You know what I mean? They're, my kids don't have their family as much like I did. And so they got different struggles. Everyone has the same struggle. So if we, if we don't get into the what is going on there yep. and just focus on what's in your house and, and what they're going through, like the kids are going to go through. Um, and, and just being mindful of that, I, I just did a, a fireside on Tuesday and I just remember having this strong impression to share with these kids on how important they are in this time. And I think about that with my kids, like, and just how important what they're doing and, and how we're raising them. Right. Like, so, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't worry about that. I just worry about being able to do our best job as parents and how we, you know, the best we can do, but there's lessons they're learning that yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to learn. hundred <laughs> percent. I think I think that's such an important part to remember that just because they didn't grow up with our same struggles doesn't mean that their struggles are less valid. You mean Absolutely. hold less weight, you know? But, but I'm wondering what, what what your thoughts are, Sunny. Uh, kind of along that same vein that I think that it, when you know what the end goal is, we can all get to that same end goal. You know, our paths might look very different, but. The angle, I mean, we want to be good people, right? We want yeah. to raise our kids to be a good person. And so there's so many different ways to accomplish that, that they don't need necessarily the same exact struggles that we had in order to get to that angle. Yeah. 
Um, I want to kind of pivot our conversation. We talked a lot about your sports, uh, and thank you for sharing that, by the way. But um, uh, and and kind of talk a lot about your your family and um, and and you guys also mentioned, and we'll cover it. But there was a time where you guys, uh, what year was that when? When you guys lost uh, one of one of your kids, your daughter Elsie, uh, two thousand sixteen, end of two thousand sixteen, twenty sixteen, and what number was Elsie? Six, seven. seven, number seven, and then Steel and Lucky. So we've had two since Elsie. Okay, so yeah, she was number seven. Um, this is uh, such a moving and like inspirational piece of your guys' story. It. Um, because I think in terms of circle of influence, you're you're you guys already had a pretty good circle of influence locally, and and that's kind of what we're about, right? Like just people who have influence in in our local community, Utah. We aim to be a Utah media like thing. That's our little stupid thing, but um, <laughs> but that and then this um, and I I love the way you framed it, and I don't even want to try to attempt how you just mentioned it earlier about increase um but you guys have been able to um take something that was heartbreaking and tragic and um you mean something that nobody wishes upon anybody and and increase uh your influence and it was crazy and and i think for everybody here in utah and that's pretty much randomly i don't know according to our statistics we randomly have people listening in ireland and england so <laughs> so shout out to those guys but like so like uh but most everybody's here in utah and then we have some family and stuff in cali that uh i'm assuming they're family i just see that people from la and stuff like listen but um the community here in utah when when that happened was was uh was crazy um but and and you guys have and if you want to know more about the story, you guys uh, have been uh, very transparent and vulnerable in terms of uh, letting uh, everyone in on kind of that story and letting everybody feel with you. Um, but um, I, I'm curious as and, and I want to I don't I do want to kind of cover things that you guys have already covered, but as a family. You two as a couple, and then even I, I'm also wondering about your kids too. Um, how 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 is dealing with that today, right? And 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 I want to go into kind of another subject after this, but answer this because, um, well, yeah, let's just answer that. Then I want to kind of. So what is it like as of right now? Yeah, as a family, like, and and let me just give context to my long thoughts. Sorry, I'm going to talk for a while. Sorry, listeners. I know you're here to listen to these two. <laughs> but, um, uh, do you guys know who Steve Tate is? Steven Savannah yeah, Tate? Yeah, so we've done a, we've done an event together last year. That's all. So, our, our, our two charity with their, yeah. our two foundations together. Did an event so, together. I love the Tate family. I'm like, we're in the process of, Steve coaches his son's uh, football, so we're going to get him on our podcast after. But we're I in the this. talks of yeah, getting yeah. on our podcast. And so when uh, I listen, I I, uh, I read his book, um, and they, and Steve and Savannah Tate went through a similar thing. They lost a child. Um, so we were in the hospital at the same time. No way. Yeah, so we were in the lobby together. That's when we just ran into each other randomly. He played at Utah. I played yeah. at BYU. So, yeah. And I had texted him. Like I had texted him about his son's situation, and then like 
the next day, my daughter's incident happened. And so then we were in primary children's at the same time. Okay. So, that's, <laughs> so we know the taste. That makes me feel like this may be a more divine question. Than I thought it was shoot, shoot. Topic. No, go uh, ahead. No, but like in, in his book, he, he, uh, he talks about how um, there were people who had good intentions, right? to feel with and try to feel the pain and like and he's really he's really kind of a funny guy he's kind of like, like he has a really cool sense of humor and like in the book he talks about how people would like try to relate and be like Steve I'm really sorry about this and I'm paraphrasing so like don't get mad at me if you read the book and you take it differently but like um, he's, he talks about how there would be people who would try with great intentions a golden heart and say man Steve I, I remember when my cat died in elementary school or something. And and it's man, as a as a listener trying to put myself in a situation, I can't empathize. I have never been through that. <laughs> right? So there's empathy is a big word here. And people attempt to empathize and end up sympathizing with something that's I again, even me trying to put myself in that situation, I get hecka annoyed of whoever the person is. <laughs> right? I'm just well, like, you uh, insensitive Nah, so what's that? So like, what was that funny saying? Or not a funny saying. Uh, Dan Crenshaw just said, the congressman out of Texas. Um, work, work hard not to offend. Work harder not to be offended <laughs> when it wasn't intended. <laughs> So for me, I feel like uh, kind of something I had to adopt because, I mean, it's a natural thing. I'm sure we've probably been guilty of it, you know, at some point. But it's kind of like lucky for you that you don't know what this feels like. And so that's kind of how I've helped myself to to not be offended by that, that it's like, well, that's lucky for you that you're able to hold that as the same, with the same weight. Um but at the same time, it's like something that was very, very difficult for one person might not be that difficult for another. And so when somebody has come and said, you know, I relate to you because I'm going through a divorce, to me it feels like, well, okay, I, <laughs> I don't see where yeah. the correlation is, but that's what your hard thing is right now. And so that's where we can connect on the same page where She's everyone's going smarter through smarter than me. Things. For me, I just played dumb. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all right (laughs) but i dude i get it (laughs) well like and 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 i and even me right being here and even talking about this i feel like a a obligation to to be sensitive to the situation because i just can't i can't uh sympathy or empathy is a big word right I, i can't feel because i have felt and i want to respect and not try to pretend that, right? Um, but even amongst probably all these insensitive people who, I, again, I believe all of them have golden hearts, right? They're probably all meaning well and saying, you know what I mean, yeah. that, but like, man, the, I would just feel like I wish their mom was there to slap them upside the head or something because <laughs> it just seems like, you know what I mean, kind of, but what, what do you think, what's your advice to someone in that situation who can't, necessarily be feel because i have felt but i want to try to feel what like uh for 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 those people who are now realizing as they're listening they're like 
oh my gosh, I'm that insensitive person. <laughs> Stop <that>. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so insensitive. <laughs> but yeah, what, what is, what's, what's, what's your advice to someone like that who's now having this kind of epiphany who's like, I think there has to be some recognition that there's no perfect thing to say. That nothing that you say is going to make it better. I mean, and so for the person going through it, I think at the same time realizing that that they just want to help. You know, that's one thing that's really helped for me is that they care. They're they're trying. And so there's no perfect thing to say except maybe nothing. That I think... Um, that's what, I, that's what that's what I always do. <laughs> it's just, you know, you feel I, I just she's better at it with words. For me, it's just but again, as the person that, you know, when we went through it and the way people reacted at the end of the day, you know, they you just hope it was good intended. And again, it's it's more so from from my side. Right. For me, it's for more so from the person receiving like if you're just looking to be offended or you're looking or at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, that was weird, but whatever. It's a weird person, right? Like <laughs> I'm weird to people. Yeah. And when I do, whether it's in this situation of a child being lost or, or you know, someone going through divorce or something like how I approach it, it might be weird to them. Right. It might be. And so and that's the other half of it is that everyone is so different. Everyone wants to be comforted differently. Some people want to be left alone. Some mm -hmm. people want people to show up. Some mm -hmm. people, you know, everyone is going to react differently. And so there's not really one, one size fits all. This works for everybody. Right. But like for myself, I think people are so scared of tears. They're afraid that they're going to make you cry or they're going to remind you of sadness. And especially in those first weeks and months, it's like, you did not remind me that I'm sad. Yeah. You let me know that you remembered. And so I thought that was nice when people would come and, and say something because it was acknowledging that, that they remembered me, that they saw me, that they saw my grief. That, that's really profound when, when you guys share that. Um, and I, I'm glad that you bring up grief um, because uh, grief, I think, has... A lot of preconceived notions in in the, like that we you don't want to feel grief right like you shouldn't be but like uh, I think um, experiences in life uh, will teach you that grief is kind of something that needs to happen sometimes and it needs to and it's not really something that you can quantify and say it's gonna be you know what I mean two weeks of quarantining or what you know what I mean it's a it's something that's Ongoing. What would you say your biggest uh, lesson around grief has been uh, since 2016 when the when this tragic accident happened? Therapy. Yeah, that was huge. So as a you know as a former not just athlete but a football player, that your your top mental toughness be tough, be tough, but like you know like suck it up, get up, like everything about that game is just mental toughness. And so when you think of therapists and um, clinicians and whatnot, it's like, oh, that's for the mentally weak people. 
And then when you have a child that is lost and then your, your wife and all your kids are all affected differently and you don't know how to deal with it and you don't even know what kind of emotions you're going through. And then you go and, and you meet with the therapist and, and you're able to come out of it, understanding yourself and what your wife's going through and how your kids deal with grief and all these different lessons. Then you realize how important therapy is, how important counseling is for everyone, you know, like, and so my biggest take from that whole, you know, going through grief and how, how to deal with it was the whole, um, the mental side of our lives and, you know, everyone can tell you where the nearest gym or the nearest Vasa is. How many people are actually exercising their mind? How many people are getting help mentally? We all go and help ourselves physically, but how many people can tell you where the nearest counselor is or nearest therapist is? Probably not very many. Right. And so for me, that was something huge I got out of the whole grief and how to deal with it and and where it's like, I, for me now, is just getting people to get mentally right, getting them out there. and That's awesome. What about you, son? Uh, well, that was huge for us because as a mother, you know, I had so much heavy sadness of my own that I didn't know how to parent these grieving kids because they were all so different. One that would bottle everything up, one that would react in anger, and one that acted like nothing happened, you know, because I had so many kids that mm -hmm. could show me like so many different reactions. And so that was really a, a critical piece for us moving forward in a healthy way that we all felt like we were, we were getting the help that we needed and the support and and the tools, you know, just to be able to move forward in a healthy way. Um, I feel like most recently, um, you know, one of the things that can be hard is when you start healing. Because in the beginning, you don't want to know that it's going to get better. Because your grief is so tied to your love for your child that it doesn't seem like it's ever going to get better. And you don't even want it to at that point because it's like, well, no, that makes it sound like I'm going to forget them or that I'm going to stop loving them. And that's just never going to happen. And so I'm never going to heal from this. And so um, I don't know how much you talk about faith on this show, but yeah. for me, a critical piece, really the most critical piece has been acknowledging um, the healer and that it is possible he can heal all wounds um i used to talk about how i was just gonna have this elsie sized hole in my heart forever and um recently in sacrament meeting i was able to to bear my testimony and talk about how uh, that wound as it has healed looks more like pierced hands that that is that is what's on my heart now. Jeez. I think, um, again, I think that's so profound. I think that, uh, I think it speaks to what we, what we had mentioned earlier about just um, this influence that Elsie herself has helped um, Kind of everyone, and 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 I think given your guys's uh, 
local fame, you know what I mean, in terms of your guys' athletic careers. Um, this was uh, widely known amongst the Utah community, what, what your family was going through. Um, and you guys have been very uh, also transparent about uh, your guys' faith and and your involvement with the church uh, in terms of, you mean, helping you through this. Uh, I noticed, and again, in my little due diligence and trying to listen to all the interviews and watch all the videos, uh, I even always remember, I'll, I've noticed that Reno and all the interviews you've done, you've always made it clear to mention the full name of the Church of Jesus Christ. And <laughs> 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 it's just like a little sound. I'm like, man, he said, he, he said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, wh and whether, whether you're a, a faith person or not, I think that's been the beauty of, and, and you, guys have, you guys talk about um, miracles from Elsie. And I think as an outsider, that's been one of the miracles for me to see people be touched and moved spiritually that wouldn't even call themselves spiritual, right? And, and, but, and to be moved in, in that way. Um, and uh, and I, wanna, I wanna wrap up, but uh, when, um, I, I have a last question that I ask everyone, but just to kind of uh, wrap up our, our thoughts, at least on, on this, is um, overall thoughts on on it, of course. But then, um, what what has been like the the unexpected lesson through this this trial of losing a child? Something that, and maybe you've already hinted towards. You know, what I mean, what your answer might be, but um, but mine's was empathy. She used to tell me I sucked <laughs> at empathy, and then I think after losing my child. It, it has taught me that like it is like seeing other because I used to see other people struggle and just be like suck it up like there's a lesson to learn there like you got this to where now it's just like there's a process I get it you know there's there's um to, to everyone's struggle um and so for me I believe it's empathy that that hit you know before I didn't even know what the word empathy meant. Like, hon, you don't have very much empathy. Like, what is that? <laughs> like, hon, this is like, uh, I'm suck it up. Like, <laughs> and so it, it took losing a child to realize, um, you know, how our, how how we're asked to feel, how we're asked to, you know, cry with those that are crying. Like. Where before I just wasn't a crier. <laughs> now nah, football players are supposed to be tough. Right. <laughs> There's no crying in football. <laughs> but but you learn to um, you know, to mourn with those and um, and to feel for those that are going through, you know, whatever they're going through, yeah. any struggle in life. So oh, that's that, awesome. was, that was it for me. Um, I guess for me, you know, you. You're taught certain things growing up. And at some point, I think everybody eventually will come to a point where you have to decide and know for yourself if you believe those things. And so for my faith, this has been a life-changing trial because it's given me so much incentive to, to live well, to, you know that I believe I'll see her again. And I want to be someone that she can be proud of. 
I want her to be able to say, this is my mom. <clears throat> and, um, and so just it has solidified many of the things that I've always been taught that now they're written on my heart instead of just on the pages of the scriptures. Right. I think that's, uh, man, you guys are giving me the, the <laughs> feels on my arm and back, man. I just, it's the, uh, the Hawaiian's chicken skin. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. uh, I think, um, well, as before I ask my last question, just, just thank you guys literally um, again for the impact I, the, the, that you guys have had on, on the Utah community and, and through sharing your guys' story. It's just, um, sorry, I'm going to sneak in one more question before my last oh, question. Dude, no worries. <laughs> uh, but um, what, and, and, and this is because, uh, I'm sorry, I ha I'm asking for my wife because my wife looked at me. She, was like, <laughs> she wanted to make sure I got, you mean, made the most of our, of our time together. But um, I, I read a post, Sunny, that you posted, um, I think it was on Instagram or Facebook. And it was, and you, forgive me because it was a while ago, but within, I think, the last year. But, um, and I'm going to try off of memory to try to paraphrase. And it was something along the lines of um, that particular day was harder or, you know what I mean, you, you uh, grieved more on a random particular day than, you know what I mean, uh, another, and it, and it had been, you know what I mean, time has passed. And something, some, some might say, oh, uh, time heals all, I don't know what the heck did, but... Um, it was a really powerful post, and if you remember, you can you can reference it yourself. But I thought there was a lot of power in it, in learning that that is the human experience to to feel. And and I, I think it's so important that you brought up what you brought up earlier, that the healing process is is uh, you know I mean if you you mean it's okay to laugh at a joke and you still remember you know what I mean every you mean there it does you don't have to. Uh, like you had mentioned, I'm, I don't want to try to re-say it because I sound like an idiot, but like like uh, how, how you said grieving, there was a, a time where that maybe was accepted as this is just going to be the rest of my life. But like, anyways, I'm talking a lot again, but the, <laughs> the that post was uh, referencing, you know what I mean, a day, you know I mean, sometime after that just was harder. Um, today, do those days still come up and and what what is the lesson in that or your advice or thoughts just kind of generally because on on that when i read that i don't know the only thing that happens to me is i the, that i can put it into words is i just feel i feel when you post that and i don't know what to say cuz i don't want to be inappropriate right like in and, and i want to be sensitive to the situation and like and uh you mean it's just how, what today when 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 those days come up what are what's your message to um to everyone about that um so i think there's like this misconception that grief ends that you know yeah, like, eventually you're going to get to the other side of it or even mm -hmm. with the healing that it's going to be complete and then you won't ever feel sad about it ever again right and that's just not true, that there's always going to be times that pinch a little more than others. And um, 
Sometimes it'll be something you can anticipate, like a birthday or maybe when the day they died. And sometimes it's not like first day of kindergarten. She never was in kindergarten, you know? <laughs> and so who knew that that was a day that I was going to now mourn. But um, I think as you're moving along, it's grief is like an ocean. That's kind of the, it comes in waves. And eventually you start learning how to swim. The, you start learning what's going to set it off or sometimes that wave is just going to knock you over and, and that's okay because now you know that Okay, but it will recede. And then, you know, things can kind of go back to a new normal. That People used to tell me that all the time, that you're, you're going to kind of settle into a new normal. And and at first it sounds like, well, I hate the new normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want this new normal. But, um, but just because it's new or because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It's just different. And especially when, you know, you're able to rely on faith and you know that, Everyone has terrible things that are going to happen in this life. That's just the nature of mortality. And so when you know that things might not be okay in the way that you want it to be okay right now, that's probably just how things are going to be, but eventually everything will be made right and whole. And so if you're able to hold on to that, then you can see that this will pass. Like this is anything that happens in this life no matter how permanent it feels, this life is not permanent. I mm-hmm. mean, we're all going to the same, towards the same end. <laughs> you yeah. know, none of us makes it out alive, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Do you, do you want to add to that, Reno? Or? Um, no, because I think it'll take spirit <laughs> away from it. <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah, that's why we shouldn't be scared to die. <laughs> Everyone is so scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. If you're scared, <laughs> go to church. <laughs> That's funny. Well, sheesh, man. I Again, another beautiful analogy. I'm an analogy guy. So that ocean <laughs> grief and learning to swim was an Instagram quote for me. Um, My football one was better. <laughs> the competitive. The competitive. competitive. Ah, <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm more spiritual than you are. <laughs> Uh, but about the last question, and this is a question that, that we, we end with everybody, but when you consider everything, your athletic careers, the ups and the downs of that, your family life, the, the loss of a child, and then even continuing to parent your beautiful family still today, um, and just deal with the, the normal stuff that we all got to deal with, bills and you know, I mean what, whatever it is, um, you look back, what are, today, what are you most grateful for? in considering your journey? Um, let's see. Most grateful for. I am, I am most grateful for my Savior that makes everything possible, that gives me unlimited second chances and... You totally stole my answer. <laughs> I gotta think of a different one. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to beat that one. How you gonna beat this? I'm most grateful for Heavenly Father. <laughs> he's he's a savior's dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I I mean, as far as most 
grateful. I, I definitely feel the most gratitude for, for belief and faith in, in a Savior. That's incredible. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I second that as far as, um, you know, all things considering that, you know, because of him, you know, we can make mistakes and the atonement is real. You know, I take my daughter's a little daddy-daughter dates or even any little lesson or time I have alone with them, it's always, if there's anything I want you to remember before you leave this house or when you move on with your life is that the atonement is real. We're all going to make mistakes, but he made it possible for us to um, be whole again and return to him. And so, but but here, you know, not just because my beautiful wife is sitting next to me, I'm I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for you know, what she does for our family, for myself, you know, and the example she is in my home and um, and my family. I'm super grateful for, for our family, you know. Um, they make it, they, they make you realize that that's heaven here on earth. And so why when people ask, you know, why you're always happy is because I have a family here on earth and, and I'm happy for that. And I know that, knowing that this is what Christ made it possible for me to have after this, that I'm going to have this for eternity. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be able to see that now, that I can see what eternity is like. So, Man, I, I'll, I'll, and we're done. I'll, we'll, we'll, I'm wrapping this up, but I just wanted to mention this. Like, It's, it's interesting. I think you two are interesting because you guys are are a family that I look up to, like that I am within your circle of influence. Like I, I, my wife and myself, we, you um, mean follow you guys in, virtually on social media, and and uh, and it, there's a real impact. And I think that's a that's a benefit of technology, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of negatives around technology, but if one of the best benefits is that we're able to communicate and connect. Um, through your guys' story and your influence, and and um, but the, what I want to mention in closing is just it's been interesting my personal journey because uh, uh, growing up as a uh, just a normal kid playing football that was just totally average, uh, <laughs> I I I had looked up to to you Reno like because my dad was like yeah that was my young man like hey that's your older <laughs> brother <laughs> I wish you talked to uh, us like that. <laughs> And so, like, there was like this uh, kind, of, this this uh, you know, what I mean, childlike looking up to, you know what I mean, how someone would look up to like a, a sports idol or athlete idol. Um, and what's interesting is that in my adulthood, right, like I'm I'm 30 now, like I uh, I feel like I maintain the same uh, admiration for now your whole family, uh, especially you, Sonny. Like, um, but uh, the reasons have changed, right? I uh it's 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 now ad admiring from perseverance gratitude happiness um family and and so it's it's been kind of cool for me to kind of like my emotions to kind of grow up right from just like <laughs> wanting to go the ball like a certain way to now just uh admiring eternal principles right like kind of things that last longer than sports world and that's I mean, just persevering through hard times, being grateful, uh, empathy, sympathy, you know what I mean, all of that. And I just think, uh, as a side note, 
uh, as a fan, follower, or admirer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's that's my personal thank you to you and your family. But uh, Reno and Sunny Maya, thank you guys for coming. Thank you for having us. <laughs>